Welcome to the River Downstream, our podcast. This episode was recorded on April 9th. The first part of this message will be a reading of two parallel stories. Several sections were originally separated by music, but you will hear them back to back. A significant portion of this week's service was an open mic style time of sharing. We were moved by all who chose to be vulnerable with us. However, because these are deeply personal stories, we have opted not to include them in our final episode. Before we move on, here is Kathy Dempsey to talk with us about why we donate egg cartons. Okay, so it's going to be Judy and I talking to you guys about egg cartons. Yes. So we just wanted to give you an update about why it is that we are collecting these egg cartons. And it seemed appropriate that we would talk about egg cartons today because our theme today is... Yay! Yay! And it's Easter. Eggs. Such a dad comment. So you have been collecting these egg cartons for the last couple of years to help support the PEO. And PEO stands for? Philanthropic Educational Organization. Okay, we we haven't... plant any of this, so this is going to be, we're we're winging this, (laughs) doing great. Um, So I met with my friend Elizabeth, who lives on my street, and I got a little bit of the history of what PEO is. So this philanthropic educational organization started back in the 1800s, and it was started by a bunch of women who were um, out to empower women, because back in the 1800s, obviously, women didn't have much power. And they uh, collected money to um, help empower women. Um, and it was to help them get more education because back then women were not being well educated. And um, so it was to help advance women, um, educate women, and motivate women. So that's where it started way back in the 1800s. And now there are thousands of chapters um, across the United States and Canada. And so this friend of mine that lives on the street, Elizabeth, and you would have seen um, a video if you were paying attention to occurrence at any point in the last year and a half. Um, we shared a video from my neighbor, Elizabeth, and she talked about PEO a wee bit. And she and I just had a cup of coffee one day, and she was telling me about them collecting egg cartons in order to try and um, raise funds for this PEO in order to help educate and empower women. So I thought to myself, well, I can give you my egg cartons. It's nothing. And for each one of these little egg cartons, they get five cents. So five cents um, goes towards this, uh, the egg producers of Alberta. And over the course of time, five cents and five cents and five cents obviously adds up. So here we are two years later. And you can, you can, you can tell them about how you fit into this. Okay. So... Um, I was south for uh, two months, and my stepmom is a PEO member. So I just started thinking, and the light bulb started to go on. Like, why wouldn't Haytham and Gina's children benefit from this PEO and from their uh, educational opportunities that they have? So I contacted Kathy. Kathy got me in touch with the woman in Alberta. I sent them some information about uh, Gina, um, not Gina, Yara and Haya, and um, they were really excited. They said, this is full circle. We're giving the uh, 
egg cartons, and they would then be quite interested in supporting the girls in their education. Do you want to say anything now? And, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, these mean something. <laughs> and um, so I got in touch with the woman. I gave them the information. Um, they met. They said, again, they were very, very interested. And um, they have gotten in touch with uh, Gina regarding uh, both Haya and Yara. And um, it appears that Haya is um, eligible for a scholarship. So um, that's where we're at. They want to meet her. And um, there we go. So the point is, instead of putting these in your recycle bin from all the eggs that you brought here today, just bring them next week and we will transform lives. But yeah, the other point I think I'm really, I think it's just so cool that all it was was a cup of coffee I had with Elizabeth and I didn't know that this was gonna happen, right? You just never know what God's gonna do. So I think, I think the big picture conversation is just keep doing it. I, I didn't know this was going to happen. And so you never know that God can do amazing things if you just, just, just do it because that's the right thing to do. So, yay us! Astri saw Jesus. He was dead, buried in a tomb in a garden behind a rock in some Roman guards. But now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen laying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself, what had happened? The last we saw Joseph, he was sold to the Midianite traders. They in turn sold him to the Egyptians. There he was conscripted to work for Potiphar, who ended up sending him into jail. Joseph found favor with the jailer and befriended the cupbearer of Pharaoh, who was in prison but got released. Then, when the Pharaoh needed a dream interpreted, the cupbearer remembered Joseph. The Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph that he made Joseph second in command of the whole country. And so it was Joseph who was in control of the famine relief program when his Israelite brothers came seeking help. They did not recognize Joseph, though Joseph knew full well who they were. And then, when Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, he cried out, 
Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to, to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all of Egypt. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this has took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all that was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what has happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. 
The story of Joseph continues. After he reveals himself to his brothers, he gives them these instructions. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. Then Joseph added, Look, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen, and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you so troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, Do this, load your animals, and return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives, and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings, because the best of all of Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts, as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing, But to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father, ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. 
But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I am convinced. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Thanks for reading us through the story, John and Andrea. Thanks for uh, worshiping with us, friends. As uh, Pastor Dale uh, alluded to this morning, and if you were with us uh, on Good Friday, we began uh, taking this parallel journey through uh, the stories of Jesus and of Joseph. And uh, and if you were with us on Good Friday, you know too that uh, we had a moment where we were uh, able to share some stories. We were able to, in that moment, share some laments uh, because we had uh, this time where we saw Joseph uh, in the pit and then sold to slavery, and we uh, we had had the moment where we saw Jesus crucified, and we thought, oh, how maybe in that moment, how is this? How could this end? How could uh, how could this come around to uh, to being a story that ends uh, in a way that shows God as as faithful? And so we, we, we prayed into, into that, we spoke into that, uh, that same, those same words of hope. And now we're seeing how these stories end, the story of Joseph and the story of Jesus. And Pastor Dale's going to come up in just a moment and, and speak on that. So God, thank you for these stories. Thank you for these, these truths, uh, these moments where you have uh, demonstrated yourself as faithful in amazing ways that have uh, not only uh, changed the world, God, but have changed our hearts. Thank you for the story that we remember this morning that has reconciled uh, us and all of creation to you forever in a way that is, was surprising, God, that uh, none of us uh, would have been expecting, but God, you did it anyway. God, thank you for your faithfulness in it and for your continued faithfulness today. Thank you for the stories of faithfulness that you continue to weave into our lives every day. And for the reminders, God, that you love us and that that love never fails. So thank you for uh, these friends here uh, and for uh, your love for us. And it is in your great name that we pray that thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul and company, for leading us in worship here this morning. And uh, thank you, Paul, for designing our uh, worship service Friday and today. So appreciate that. So over this uh, Easter weekend, we have looked at Joseph's story as a parallel to that of Christ. So allow me to draw one more parallel. We began with acknowledging that Joseph is a much-loved son of Jacob. Jacob, who is also known as Israel, the one who struggles with the Lord. That's what Israel means. Joseph is the son given to Israel by his favorite wife, Rebekah. Joseph is not only spoiled, but he is special. He seems destined for more than just being the youngest. And the details of his destiny really begin to get in motion when one day Jacob sends Joseph into the fields to join his brothers and then to bring back word from them to his father. The brothers... Jealous of his special role in the family, decide to do away with him. So they sell him off into slavery. And they fabricate a lie that Joseph has been killed by a wild animal and that they have found his ripped clothes as proof of the tragedy. But as we know from the continuation of the story that we read today, that Joseph was guided by the Lord. First, towards a favorable position with Potiphar 
then towards a favorable position with the jailer, and then to a most favorable position with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. It is in this favorable position that Joseph was able to save his family from famine and certain death. Joseph explains to his brothers in Genesis 45 that it was God who sent him ahead of them to save their lives. So then, Joseph says, it was not you who sent me here to Egypt, but it was God. It is here, in this moment of the story, that I want to bring you to Jesus on the cross. Luke 23, verse 34, tells of Jesus hanging on the cross. He is looking down. He is looking around. He is looking at all that has transpired in the last day or so. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. Instead of Jesus addressing God the Father in this moment, he could have easily said to those gathered around, it was not you who sent me to this cross, but it was God who sent me. Both statements convey the idea that God has had a plan all along, and this was it. As for explaining God's plan to them, Jesus waited till he had risen from the dead. He waited until he was with them in the upper room. The two from the Maes Road had just returned to the disciples in the upper room, and they reported to the disciples what had happened to them on the road and then at the breaking of the bread. And it was then that Jesus appeared to them. He showed them his hands, he showed them his feet and his side, and then he ate some broiled fish. <laughs> that seemed to seal the deal for them. They believed in the eating of the fish. It was then that Jesus explained everything to them. He opened up their minds, the scripture says. Wouldn't you like for Jesus to do that with and for you to open up your minds? so that they could understand what had happened. Jesus told them that the scriptures had said that the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Repentance for the forgiveness of all sins. And Joseph said to his brothers, Genesis 50, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done. To accomplish what is now being done. And Jesus said, it is finished. We are the recipients of that completion. What the world intended for harm, our Lord intended for good. So whatever pit or drudgery you may have found yourself in, it is he who wants you to turn towards him. For in him there is no condemnation. In him there is only restoration. And knowing that you are a loved child of God enables you to rise above your circumstances. Knowing God does not automatically transport you into a rose garden but knowing God allows you to know 
in the depths of your circumstances that he is with you and that he is for you. And I feel like we've just learned that here today. First from Jesus, then from Joseph, and then from all those that shared of their stories. The stories of, of being in a pit and, and knowing that God was with them. So however far you may find yourself from God, he is nearer than you think. A few more words from Psalm 30 to kind of put a cap on this. Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. His anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping stayed for the night, but rejoicing came this Easter morning. Easter. Our Easter story concludes with Jesus' ascension. Before we join together in a song, allow me to remind you from Luke 24 how the disciples responded to Jesus' departure. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up, taken up into heaven. Then, then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Let us do the same here and now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this recording. Just a reminder that you can find our website at rivercommunity.ca. There you can find our events calendar with information about upcoming messages and gatherings or sign up for currents. Feel free to send us a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Our services start 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, and you are welcome to come early for coffee, tea, and bagels. Have a great week. Bye-bye.